5021 David, we got a fender down and two GSWs to the chest. I need you to meet us at Molly's. <laughs> For the most powerful podcast on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name of Lorraine Hawkins, and if you're not listening, you obviously ain't learning. Copy that. All sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Hey, Shyhards, welcome to episode 151 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we are doing a, our very first ship centric episode, and this is definitely not the last. Um, we are going to talk all about Upstead from start to where we left off, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited. I think I told you this last week, and we've kind of talked about this, but I. As much as I love Upset, I've never really gone back and, like, watched all of just their scenes or anything like that and, like, done, like, a real deep dive. Like, I may go back when an episode airs and be like, oh, I love this Upset scene. Let me watch it 10 million times. But if we're talking about, like, a full, like, beginning to end arc, I've never really done that. So this was really fun. Uh, there was a lot of moments that I forgot about and I'm really excited to talk about. So. Yeah, yeah. So before we do that, we've got news. Um, this is not one Chicago news, though. We, we've got to talk again. Um, I was just telling Brenna before we started recording that we were having this very conversation in May and three months later, here we are having the conversation again on Sunday, August 23rd, 2nd, 3rd, whatever. 23rd. 23rd. On August 23rd, this past Sunday, Jacob Blake, a 29 year old man, father, regular citizen of Kenosha, Wisconsin, was shot in the back seven times by police. Shot in the back seven times. The videos on the internet. For just trying to break up a fight. Yeah. For just trying to break up a fight. That's it. The video is on the internet. It's disturbing. It's shocking. It's horrifying. Um, And it's happened again. And here we are on Friday, the day you're listening to this. And on this past Tuesday night, two protesters were murdered by a 17-year-old man, 17-year-old, who was armed with an AR-15. A 17-year-old white man. I yeah. feel like that's important. To 17-year-old white man, armed with an AR-15, came to Wisconsin from Illinois, murdered two protesters. And as we're recording this on Wednesday night, the NBA has postponed their games for the evening. Major League Baseball has postponed their games for the evening. Even Major League Soccer has done so. It's it's horrifying. It's horrible. I'm I'm disgusted. I'm just it's and and as we talk about this again, I mean, we are two white women, right? This is not about us. This is about this is about learning and this is about supporting our black brothers and sisters as they as they go through this again how my just my question is how does this keep happening and how are we how are we as a society not learning from each incident that happens i know and it's unfortunate because i 
respect all the athletes for what they're doing tonight. The fact that, you know, it started with the Milwaukee Bucks and the NBA, you know, Milwaukee obviously, and I think roughly 30 miles outside of um, Kenosha. But, you know, it, so it started with them deciding to set out of their game and then the rest of the NBA followed and then MLB and like you said, MLS and whatever. Um, and it's unfortunate to say that, like, as much as support what they're doing and I think it was the right move. And I think, you know, I'll be curious to see what all of these like what comes in the next couple of days with all these sports leagues. But like, I don't know if it's really going to change anything. And like, I hate saying that. Like, I hate saying that. It makes me sick to say that, like, I don't think it's really going to change anything. But I don't know if it really will. I hope it does. I hope this is a moment. I hope this is a moment and that we look back on August 26, 2020 and be like, wow, like that was the day everything changed for the better. But I don't know if it will. I mean, I know today is a moment for sure. Like, today is a moment. And, like, I was talking with some other NBA Twitter friends and things like that. How about how it's crazy that, like, Back on March 11th, 2020, everything started with the NBA, right? Like, they decided, like, hey, there's corona here. Like, we're going to shut down the league for, you know, X amount of time. And then, like, all the other leagues and March Madness and everything followed. And now today, it was like, yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to protest this game. And, like, they're not going to, you know, they're choosing not to play this game for a reason. And that has to do with Jacob Blake's murder. Or not murder, but, you know, the shooting of Jacob Blake. And, like, now the rest of the sports leagues are starting to follow. So it's just interesting to see that, like, the NBA is truly at the forefront of this. But I don't know if it's enough. I I don't know when taking a stand became such a risky thing to do. But I'm glad to see it happening. For sure. And, like, I don't know if you saw this because, again, it might be in my circle because it has to do with my WNBA team or, I guess, my former, but my WNBA team. But they walked into their game, or what was supposed to be their game, They then WNBA 2 decided to protest and not play tonight. But they walked in with each player spelling out a letter of Jacob Blake's name on the front of their shirt. And then they all had seven holes in the back of their shirts with, like, a little red around it for the seven times he was shot in the back. I, I saw and, like, a tweet. That I, was yeah. such a powerful image. Like, I'm, like, so powerful. But even that, like, it comes from the WNBA, so people are going to dismiss it because uh, WNBA isn't really a sports league and blah, 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 and all the people that say all the shit about the WNBA all the time. Like, I don't think it's going to do anything. And that sucks because that was such a powerful moment of unity and, like, support and, like, just a message. And I just – I it, it bothers me that that's not going to do enough. And I don't know what the answer then is to – like, what is – like, what is the thing that is going to change stuff? in this country like what is it gonna take i really wish i knew the answer right it's so hard because like i want to say that today was the day and like you know i'm hopeful but like i don't know yeah because i know this country and it sucks to say that but i know this country and And i know yeah go ahead no i was gonna say and it's i mean you know we just did the mental health episode last week Yeah, last week. And, you know, we try to keep it positive and say, hey, keep going. You know, you've got this. It's okay. You're not alone. But at the same time, when you look out the window, it is very easy to just look at things and just be like, it is hopeless. And this is one of those moments where you're just like, oh, my God. Like, right when you have hope and you think we're going in the right direction, we get kicked back. 
Well, and I think, too, you know, it comes it's like this with a lot of issues. Like, it's easy to say this, too, when it comes to fandoms and things like that. But unfortunately, Twitter and social media is just such a minority of the bigger conversation and of America. And so I like to say, like, yeah, I follow all the right people on my Twitter timeline. Like, everyone's taking the same side. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know anyone who's not for this and blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's not even 0.1% of America. Mm-hmm. right that is just such a minority part and like unfortunately i don't think the majority of america believes this as you can see from twitter too like you the amount of people who have said like you know fuck the nba i'm not i'm canceling my league pass i'm canceling my season tickets like i can't stand that this is a thing blah but like it's the same thing every time but like that is i think the majority of america and that's makes me so mad it it, me so yeah mad. it angers me too and that is what is so frustrating is that people are stuck in their ways. And yeah, yeah that, you know, they're looking at it from that point saying, you know, fuck the NBA, whatever. My specific soccer team, we had some issues with the game a couple of weeks ago where all of our players knelt for the national anthem. Somebody booed. Somebody even threw a beer, which like, don't even get me started on that. But one of our players spoke up after the game and the next day he got death threats. He got hate tweets and all our team did was issue a statement and essentially just say that everybody's entitled to their own opinion. What? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's unfortunate too, like on the Milwaukee Bucks, so obviously the team that started it, at least in terms of the NBA, there's a player who was literally a little over two years ago, the victim of police brutality. And, like, he's spoken out about it, obviously, countless of times. And, like, he was the one, when they came out and finally spoke to media, like, he was one of the two players that gave, like, a statement. And, like, literally, here's someone giving you their first-person account, someone who is in the NBA, have had a successful NBA career, you know, all these things. Here's someone who is literally saying, hey, you know, I was, too, as a successful NBA player, the victim of police brutality, and that still does nothing for the majority of people. Mm-hmm. Like, it sickens me. It really, it, it sickens me. Yeah. Same. Same. And there's so much more I want to say, and it's just hard to, like, pull them all together into cohesive thoughts. But Right. Especially, I mean, this is so fresh. Obviously, it, we're recording on Wednesday night, the night that all this is going down. Or at least the sports-wise, the night this is all going down. Um, but I think, too, Jean and I were talking about it before, as my microphone falls down. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this before the podcast and, like, do we decide to record tonight? Like, what do we do? But I think even though we don't really have all our thoughts formulated, I think it was really important to both of us that we talk tonight and that we start our episode with this discussion as raw and as unfiltered as it may be, because we do want to continue to try to be allies to this movement and do our part. And I think if we as two white women stayed silent and decided to take even just a week off, I think that would have not sent the message that we wanted to try to send, which is we're here for you. We're, you know, we stand by you and we're trying to do whatever we can to right this wrong. Right. We support you. Yeah. Um, the, the parting thought I want to leave you guys with before we get into the episode is that Jacob Blake is 29 years old. 29 years old. I was 29 once. Brian is like, 29 is so far away. But yeah, <laughs> he's 29 and he may never walk again. 
He is 29 years old and may never walk again. And he was not in a horrific accident. He wasn't drunk. He was doing nothing that was risky and would have run that risk of, you know, of paralysis. All this man did, the only thing this man did on that night was be in the presence of police. And for that reason, and that reason only, he may never walk again. And because he's black. Like, I think even beyond that, that is the bigger picture, right? Like, if that had been, you know, my brother, Mm -hmm. nothing would have happened. I truly believe that. Yeah. Like, if my white 24-year-old brother had been the person trying to break up that fight, I mean, I think he probably, he may go out and arrested, you know, like, I can't say he wouldn't have gotten, you know, arrested or whatever, but he doesn't get shot in the back seven times unarmed. No way. In the back. What reason do you have to shoot somebody in the back? It, yeah. It makes me mad. It's, yeah, it's horrible. But I mean. It's sickening. Yeah. I mean, again, if you're if you're not really understanding why the sports leagues are taking the stand that they're taking, why we're devoting the first like 15 minutes or so of tonight's episode to this issue, it's because this man was simply around the police. And because of that, he got shot in the back and his spinal cord was severed. Right. And I think, too, I mean, we don't need to talk about this forever and ever, but like, I mean, we could and it's important, too. But I think, you know, it also is important to say that, like, if it wasn't iterated enough back in may and hasn't been iterated enough all summer i think it's important to reiterate right now that like this isn't a politics issue this is a human rights issue Mm -hmm. and i think you know it's important to remember that that like regardless of where you stand in your politics like black people shouldn't be killed i mean anybody but especially black people shouldn't be killed if they you know are innocent and have done nothing wrong i don't know how else to say it in more plain terms, but Black Lives Matter. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Black Same. Lives Black, yeah. Matter. Yeah. They fucking matter. They, they they do. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think we can end it there. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. It just, it just does not compute to me how somebody can think that somebody else's life is worth less because of the color of their skin does not compute in my brain no me either but unfortunately some people are raised differently i don't i don't get it but yeah but yeah black lives matter remember that black lives matter so and if you want to continue this conversation 100 let's do it email us let's talk this is how we for learn sure. and this is how we evolve. So, And I think it's important for us to say, too, like we obviously have said this all summer. We're going to continue the conversation. And I think we can I mean, we'll just go ahead and say it now. Next week, we're actually going to do another revisiting of an episode we've already covered. We're going to recover. Shit, I don't know. What Chicago PD. I think it's 514 <laughs> called Anthem. Yeah, it's season five, whatever the Anthem episode is. It's somewhere in the teens, but that's the episode we're going to recover. And it was interesting. We were actually talking about this just last night, two days ago, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And we were I was rewatching clips for prep for this, and I was like, we should really redo the Anthem episode. I think that'd be really interesting three years later. Um, and Jean Merle was like, yeah, that's a great idea. And now I think it's more important than ever. Like, that's what we're doing next week. So yeah. if you have thoughts and you want to rewatch that episode, email them to us, DM them to, DM them to us. You guys know the drill. Yeah. So let's do it. Let's do it. So 
All right. Um, it feels a little wrong to transition like this, but I mean. I, I know. Yeah. It, yeah. Okay. So this is our first ship centric episode. Um, I don't know why it took us almost three years to do a ship centric episode, but here we are. Yeah, I don't know why either. I think probably because it takes a lot of, this was a lot of work to prep for, and now we have an unlimited amount of time, and, you know, we don't know when the shows are even coming back, so, like, let's just do it now, why not? Yeah, yeah, so this was a listener idea as well, uh, just to talk about Upstead, and, like, okay, twist our arms, why don't you? Just make us talk about Upstead for, like, an hour or two hours, jeez. Yeah, so what we've done is we've gone back through everything from Haley's first episode in 421 to where we are now and we opened it up to voice memos this week and you guys came through oh my god yeah we're gonna have some fun we're gonna have some fun so let's start with like a maybe not a general question okay it's no secret that I, I was gonna ask like what's your favorite thing about Upstead but I think we need to go even further back than that in earlier episodes of the podcast, you will 110% hear us say that we were not aboard the Upstead ship. You will hear that. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things is that, like, now that we're doing this one and we're doing this one first, is that you can literally hear the arc of us evolve into Upstead trash. Um, like, we, you know, like, we basically started out from, like, when Haley came on until now with this podcast, and so I think it's really cool that, like, we do have this evolution, but yeah, in season five, for most of probably season five, we were like, no, not that we didn't like Haley, but no, they shouldn't be romantic interests, like, why would they do that, blah, 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 he doesn't need to be with a partner again, yeah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. And then we slowly but surely come around, and then at one point we just slowly but surely turn into full-fledged upstead trash. But there's also an evolution we can talk about this kind of as we go, but I think there is a very clear, something as I was doing... Because I found, like, a bunch of playlists mm -hmm. on YouTube where it's just, like, literally every single, like, upset moment. Even, like, not the, like, you know, it'd be, like, them talking to, like, perps or whatever. Like, literally every single, like, upset moment. So I was watching some of those, or at least the ones that weren't copyrighted. But I was watching <laughs> them, like, in order. And, like, you could definitely just see, like, the evolution of their friendship and the way that they, once I got more comfortable with each other. Like, the way that they talked to each other and were there for each other. Like, it just, you can see it a lot more clearly in hindsight, something we didn't see as we were taking it week by week, season by season. Yeah. Or it took us a lot longer to get to, at least you and I, mm -hmm. I think. I can, I, I think I can pinpoint what episode I turned and was like, all right, I'm on board. Do you think you can? No, I don't know. And like, that's the thing. I'm trying to remember if it was ghosts or if it was like after that. I want to say it was season six, but I don't remember. Okay. Okay. So what we did was um, we we literally took this scene by scene. We're going to start from the beginning. We are going to go all the way through to 720. And we've got voice memos interspersed. We've got tweets. You guys came through big time. And yeah, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, I mean, we have to start with Haley's first episode, which was season four, episode 21. Um, I didn't get the title, but you know what episode it was. So, it's yeah, it's fine. I'm, I figure I should probably pull up the outline now, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. Love it. 
I mean, because really we could just ramble about Upstead for hours with like no plan at all. And then we'd be here for like five hours and you guys would be like, seriously, stop it. Okay, so Haley's very first scene. Now, when people ask, you know, is she Lindsay's replacement, blah, blah, blah. I always explain it. I'm like, technically, she's Burgess's replacement. Because the episode before this is when Nicole is raped and Burgess takes furlough, which is really Marina right, going because, on maternity leave. Right. I was going to say Marina had a baby. Um, yeah. Technically. Yes. And I mean, like, ultimately, she obviously became Lindsay's replacement because she started working as Jay's partner. But mm-hmm. she is not technically Lindsay's replacement. No. No. So this very first scene... Um, We'll just start this off with like our listeners describing it and then kind of, you know, add in our thoughts. So Casey said, looking back, it seems that Jay has really been enamored with Haley since her first appearance in season four. I would agree with that. I'd say I don't think enamored is the right choice. I think I'd say intrigued. Yeah. So this moment. Because like enamored means obviously more like of a love thing, whereas like obviously intrigued means like curious and like fascinated i think he's intrigued with her Mm -hmm. and like you know who is this new person that's joining the unit blah 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 i don't say enamored because he's still obviously very much much in the thick of like oh Lindsay, and then technically like natalie and (laughs) like all all that stuff is happening i don't think he's thinking at all about Haley in like this like enamorous way I think he's like maybe intrigued slightly but not nowhere near enamored the most notable thing about Haley's first appearance is when she arrives on scene and she quite literally looks at Voight and says I'm from robbery homicide there's been a robbery and a homicide here so I'd appreciate it if you could vacate my crime scene and that's the moment that all of us are like did she actually just say that to Voight oh my god it's Jay's face that is just the killer here because it's just it's very similar. There's a moment on Suits when Mike re- meets Rachel for the first time where he, like, she walks away and he just goes, I love you. And that's, like, that moment. Yeah. I mean, again, that's, I think, the moment where I'm like, oh, yeah, he's deaf. And I think, I don't think I saw this the first time. Again, why, like, rewatching things is so important because you definitely pick up on details you don't notice the first time around or the first two or three times around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think looking back on it, it's definitely clear that, like, he's very intrigued with, like, who is this person that's coming in and telling Wait off? Because, like, nobody really does that except for him, and he only semi-occasionally does it. So, yeah. like, the fact that she's doing it right off the bat is, like, he's definitely like, oh, oh. who is this person? <laughs> like, who is she? I do always joke around that. I always joke that it was love at first sight, and it's even funnier to me that it happened in front of Lindsay. But, you know. See, I don't agree with that. I don't think it's love. I strongly believe that, like, upset is not love at first sight. Mm-hmm. Like, strongly believe that they are not love at first sight. No, I agree. Um, I just like to goof about it. Oh, uh, well, yeah. If you want to goof about it, then yeah, sure. It's <laughs> love at first sight. But no, I'm strongly of the opinion. And I think this whole thing has made it very much more clear to me that, like, there is definitely, again, a clear arc with Upstead. Yeah. But I think that's kind of the thing that I love about them and why, like, it's been a long time, I feel like, since I've really been into, like, a true slow burn or something that hasn't been obvious. Because, like, 
some ships have been like more obvious from the beginning. They're like, oh yeah, they're gonna be a thing, and it's just taking them a little longer to get there. But like this, again, I hated it in the beginning. I didn't want it to be a thing. But like the fact that now I've done a complete 180, and I'm like, give it to me, please, hurry up. Yeah. Like there's a clear arc there, and I really like that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this has just made it more clear to me that there's like a arc there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to flip flop so- on these? Sure. So another one, I mean, 501, which is like such an interesting episode, too. I mean, I wish I'd had time to go back and truly rewatch like all of the episodes and not just like upstead scenes, because obviously 501 is the one where Jay shoots the girl, the little girl. And so it's very big Jay episode. Um, And Haley, again, Haley's what? This is her third episode of like third or fourth. Yeah. And so she kind of the whole time is really dancing around Jay the whole episode. But obviously, again, it kind of shows us right off the bat that these two are like, there's something there. Like, I don't think anyone has really realized yet what it is, especially because this, this is the first time they're really working as partners and like with Lindsay in the picture. So I think it's like, oh, this could actually probably work. Like, they could potentially be good match partners wise. Uh, but this is definitely the first, like, moment of the, where we see some of that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the conversation at the end. Because, I mean, again, she's just kind of, like, she wants to ask him if she's okay. But she's like, I don't really know this guy well enough to do that. And finally, at the end, when he has the press conference, she's able to talk to him. And they just kind of level. And, uh, you know, she she gives him the courage to talk to the little girl's mom. So, yeah, it, it's it just kind of sets a really solid foundation and it shows that like these two are they have a pretty strong bond. Yeah. 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 Um, we fast forward for episodes to 505 and this is actually not an upset episode at all. Uh, I want to say this is a Ruzik episode, but there is. Yeah, there's a there's a just the smallest of moments when. Haley and Jay are looking at surveillance and Haley puts her hand on Jay's shoulder and it's super quick. And again, this is something that you pick up on rewatch. So Jessica S said that he knew it right then. Like that, she said that, you know, Jay knew it right then that he was in love with Haley. And all that happens is Haley puts her hand on Jay's shoulder. Jay looks at the hand, looks at her and then looks away. And then Haley looks at the hand, realize what she did. And she just takes her hand off. I vehemently disagree with Jessica S that like that was the moment he knew he was in love with her. I think he realized I think that her putting the hand on his shoulder, he definitely obviously realized that it was more not that it was intentional, but it was more than just like a friend touch. Like you don't really like put your hands on your friend's shoulders like that. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think he realized he was like, Whoa, like there's something there but like i'm still so fucked up that like (laughs) like i just i'm not we can't not that's not a thing that can happen right now season five was so bad for jay oh my god so bad so bad so bad yeah Yeah. but But no i just like i don't think that I, i think he maybe realized that like again that like maybe that touch was nice and like it felt like, it could potentially have something way, way, literally way, way, way down the line. But, like, to, for me to say, like, that was the moment he knew it, that, like, he was in love with her. Like, I, he didn't even know he was over Lindsay. Like, 
he still thought Lindsay maybe was coming back. Like, I can't say that. Like, I can't, I can't personally can't say that. Jay went through it, man. Poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Did you ever watch The Office? No, I've never seen The Office. Okay, so this, this scene to me is like the PD version of when Pam falls asleep on Jim's shoulder. Like, she falls asleep on Jim's shoulder and Jim is just kind of like, he looks at the camera like super happy, but like doesn't say a word. This is that scene to me. This is like the PD version of that scene. Because they were both just like, this is kind of okay. And then they were both just like, act cool, act normal. Yeah. And absolutely we get much more intense versions of that in season six and seven. But yeah, I, I don't think this is, again, I think maybe he realized there was like, that felt nice. And like, oh, wait, that's not Lindsay doing that. That's Haley putting her shoulder on my, like, you know, but I don't say he he thought he was in love with her from that moment. I can't, I, I personally can't say that. <laughs> also, five is an Atwater episode. It's when he struggled, Atwater's trying to make the decision about whether to move Jordan and Vanessa to like outside of Chicago. A uh, heartbreaker. I know. Yeah. So. Next one up, Brenna, go ahead. So this is kind of one of the first moments I thought about when we were making a list of like upset moments we want to talk about. So 507 is the first part of the Jay Camilla mess. terrible storyline. Yeah, the mess, <laughs> that whole shit. And so basically at the end of the episode when, because obviously that, you know, the facts, that that whole episode is Jay going undercover to stop like this ex-military kidnapping crew from killing this child or whatever. So obviously it brings up a lot of Jay's PTSD being around like ex-military people again. And so once he sees the guy, Camilla's brother dead in this warehouse floor, it obviously again triggers a lot of his PTSD. And then all of a sudden he hears Haley calling out to him and he turns, and it's kind of blurry for a second, and he pulls the gun on her, or pulls the gun and points it at her, and then she's finally able to get through to him. But I think for me, and like she, and then he ultimately snaps out of it. But I think for me, the reason that I love this scene, when it comes specifically to Upstead, is that I think, it's not even the fact that like she pulled him out of it or whatever, I think for me it really is significant because it's the first time she saw Jay for who he is and like how affected he is by his PTSD and like how that makes him the cop that he is and all these other things. And I mean, we kind of saw it with Lindsay, but nowhere near to this extent. And the fact that like somebody saw it, that wasn't just the audience I thought was just so important. And I think really set the foundation for their, not only their partnership, but their friendship and obviously hopefully their romantic relationship when we get there. So I just think this scene is really, really important. Yeah. And I mean, I could theorize about this episode for hours. I mean, there's just so yeah. much here, but I think it's the first time that we see, we as an audience see how affected he is by his PTSD. But the other distinction that I want to make here is that what they really show us in this episode, the PTSD here is only from 501. It's not from his time in the military. We're just kind of supposed to infer that it's like some of it is his time in the military. The bulk of it is really from 501. No, I think it's both. I think because, like, obviously later on when he talks about, well, maybe, I think it's a little bit of both. I think maybe a majority of it is from 501. I think definitely part of it is the fact that he's, like, with this ex-military crew and obviously Camilla's brother is ex-military is military and all that stuff. 
Um, and then I think too, obviously later on we see that like they try to infer too, like they don't really talk about like when Jay gets like when we get to the therapy stuff in a second mm-hmm. that like he really is using the therapy to talk about some of the stuff he dealt with in Afghanistan. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a combination, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I really wish we had. I, I wish they had revisited the fact that he pulled a gun on his partner. That's not something you just brush under the rug and, like, move on. I wish we really knew more about what the freak happened over to Jay, happened to Jay over in Afghanistan. Like, I'm sorry, the it, like, made me mad all over again. <laughs> so the fact that, like, we got, like, a mention of it in, like, three or four episodes in season five, and then we've literally never talked about it again, and, like, Jay's all fine, supposedly therapy worked, and, like, he doesn't have PTSD anymore, and, like, we still have no idea what happened over him in Afghanistan, and it just kills me. It This whole thing made me mad all over again. <laughs> <laughs> this episode, to me, is basically it's it's basically jay being vulnerable to Haley, even though he didn't want to be um it, it's almost, yeah, and like I said, it, yeah it's super important like nobody has seen that like right. Lindsay kind of i think maybe saw like glimpses here and there and like understood like little tiny bits and pieces of it yeah but I, that's why i think this is super important and like why maybe this like i don't think this is the moment i started shipping them you know, in the moment, but like looking back on it, like this is a huge moment because, like I said, it's the first time she really saw Jay for who he is. Yeah, and like this is him. Like this is as vulnerable as you can be. Like I pulled my gut on my partner, and like here I am. I am messed up. You know, I have PTSD. I'm suffering. I, you know, and I don't want to admit it, but like here I am. Yeah, and she, you know, she up to that, and she's willing to help him, and all these other things that we're getting ready to talk about. Like, yeah. Yeah, she she really did just get right on board and was like, all right, that's part of you. Let's go. Let's deal with it. Which brings us to our next episode, which is 510 Rabbit Hole. This episode. This episode will forever frustrate me to death. But this whole episode really is one big upstead moment. Because this is yeah. like the peak of the Camilla stuff. Jay is spiraling big time. And we see the loyalty from Haley and how Haley's got his back no matter what. Cause yeah, he's fucking up big time, but she calls out, she calls Jay out for sleeping with Camilla. She, but then on the flip side of that, she turns right around at the end and she threatens to bury Camilla. If she ever opens her mouth about Jay. So she's basically saying you're acting like an idiot, but also don't touch my partner. I'll kill you. Yeah. And it's kind of crazy to me, too, that, like, I mean, you have to think, what, Haley's known Jay at this point for, like, at max six months. Yeah. But, yeah, max, say, six months, if you consider, like, the season four stuff to this point. That's a lot. I don't know if I'd go that far. But then again, I'm not a detective in the Chicago Police Department. So, I don't know. That's just obviously a different kind of level of, like, partnership. But... Uh, it's crazy to think that, like, just in six months, she's willing to go this to these lengths for him. I think that's ha- who Haley is by nature, though, because we've seen the same thing with Rojas. Yeah, for sure. I think that is. And, I mean, obviously, we've seen it, too, kind of bite Haley in the ass mm-hmm. um, in seasons to come. But, yeah, I think it's – I think it is. And I think that's what makes her the crop that she is, too. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. So um, I also like how Haley did not get Voight involved until she absolutely had to. Yeah. So Voight would just do his Voight things and Haley wasn't sure she could trust him, I think. I, yeah, Voight terrifies me. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. Voight, Voight scares me. But mm-hmm. I kind of, like, if we ever get to interview Jesse, which, like, dream on, right? But I would love to ask him and be like, when, in those scenes where Voight's yelling at Jay, are you just kind of like, oh, God? Or are you just kind of like, eh, Jay deserves this. Yeah, for sure. But also remember, too, in this episode, like, Voight is finally figured out that Ruzik is a mole and, like, is dealing with that whole shit. So maybe Haley was also like, yeah, like, Voight clearly is dealing with something he's not telling us, but, like, I don't want to bother him. His plate's kind of full. We'll just kind of leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, Brenda, take us to the next one. So 5.11, again, kind of going off of all of this, is, like, basically Haley kind of threatens Day to, like, to reconsider therapy if they want to stay partners. Um, and so, yeah, it's, like, a very small scene, but she's basically like, you have to go to therapy. Because Jay's like, yeah, it's not really my thing. And she's basically like, you have to go to therapy or we can't be partners anymore. Like, you have to at least be showing me that you're trying to deal with your shit in order to, like, keep this partnership. But the thing that I love so much about this is, like, clearly he obviously liked having her as a partner. Like, so much so that she was able to convince him to go to therapy. Something at this point, up until this point, no one else had been able to make do. And, like, he hadn't really wanted to do. So I think that also says a lot. Um, But also, like, I really love, too, like, a little bit later in 513, they have a conversation. And she's like, well, how's therapy going? And he's like, actually, I really enjoy it. And she's like, yeah, I'm proud of you. And it's just, you know, I love that Haley was the one that finally, like, opened his eyes to, like, consider therapy. Something we had literally been screaming at him to go to for five seasons. And, yeah. And, like, it finally happened. But, I Again, mean, th- I this... wish they would show that he's still in therapy, which I hope he is. But, yeah. you know. Yeah. I hope steps. so. This episode shows that they really make each other better. Like, they push each other, but in a really good way. Yeah. Yeah, so that's like I said, and I also don't think anyone else could have done it because, again, Haley's the one that saw him in that moment. Yeah, like Haley is the only one that knows that. I mean, obviously, everyone knows he was in Afghanistan, saw some shit. You know, probably should have gone to therapy. Everyone get everyone knows that, but Haley is the only one who has truly witnessed up until this point Jay's PTSD for himself for themselves. Like, in the moment. And so I think she's the only one that could have. But again, I love that it was Haley. Same. Same. So, yeah, really good one. Uh, The next one is a pretty big Upstead episode. This is 518 called Ghosts. And this also brings us to our very first voice memo. Uh, This one comes to us all the way from Australia. Our listener Annie dropped us a good one. So let's listen to this and hear what she has to say. Hey Gina and Bryna, I'm Annie and my two favourite Upstead moments would probably have to be in Season 5, Episode 18, titled Ghost, where at the end of the episode, you know, we all know how it goes. Jay goes to Haley's house to be with her so that she isn't alone and all that stuff. Um, like, honestly, fucking adorable. Uh, you know, it's just fucking adorable, that end scene, because, like, you can see it in, like, especially Jay's eyes, like, how much he fucking loves her and he just, like, you know, he cares for her and all that stuff. And, you know, how he goes to her old case officer to find out what previously happened and then he confronts her and be like, 
basically like, you know, I don't want you getting fucked up again kind of bit. Um, like, honestly, it's just, I just love how protective Jay is in that part. Like, that episode is just, oh. Annie, you're fucking adorable. I love that. <laughs> I also love that she tweeted us before she sent us this and was like, can I curse? And we're like, uh, would it be a voice memo for us if you didn't curse? <laughs> yeah, we were like, if you're not going to curse, don't bother. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, she's spot on. I mean, this episode is just like, it's really nice to see Protective Jay back in action because we haven't seen that from him since Aaron ghosted him. Yeah, well, and I think, too, kind of going off of that, I think why 518 continues to be, I mean, I think for, I don't want to speak for all Upstead fans, but I think for most Upstead fans, 518 is, like, the episode. Because Jay, like we said earlier, Jay went through some shit for the basically the 20 episodes before this, from Aaron ghosting him and then him having to deal with all that to Camilla's fuckery and him getting <laughs> swept up in all of that. Like, he's just gone through some shit. And, like, for Haley to have been the person by his side through all of it, and then, like, him, like, the table's now being turned and him having to be the person there for him. Like, I think he just kind of realized, like, whatever it is, like, I don't think, again, I don't know if he really realized at this point that, like, he loves her. Like, I don't know if I would put, like, the label love on it yet. But I think he really realized that, like, Haley so far has been the person who's been there through him been there for him through all of this and like now it's his time to be there for her and like he really cares about her and I don't I don't think he really realized how much he cared about her as a friend as a partner as again eventually a love interest like until this moment like I think this is the moment yeah yeah um one of our listeners KG described it and said that this is the turning point for them um you know yeah KG said, uh, I feel like that episode really brought them together, not only as partners, but as friends. So, yeah, I don't know if we're at the love point yet. I think we're still solidifying that friendship. Yeah, I agree. But I think this is like, I again, I think this is like KG said, I think this is the turning point, clearly. Yeah. And so I, it was really nice in this episode to see Jay return the favor. And I feel like we don't usually see this. It's always Haley having Jay's back. We never see Jay having Haley's back. That's not to say that he wouldn't. He 100% would. We just don't see it. When I think, too, even early on, again, as much as I love Linstead, and I don't want to feel like I'm shitting on Linstead by, like, declaring my love for upset and how different it was. But... I think, too, that was something that Jay... Jay was always the person being there for Aaron. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it was kind of nice, too, to see the reverse for a while. But then to go to back to that Jay, protective Jay, we always loved. And, like, you know... Yeah. The reason we fell in love with Jay as a character in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a good one. Um, the next one is the season finale of season five. This is still... Breaks my heart. It breaks my heart every time, so... Um, this is the episode, of course, when Al is murdered and the team has to basically find out who did it. There is the tiniest of Upstead scenes in this episode, but it's still an Upstead moment, so, um... When Voight comes in and he basically tells everybody, like, no, Al didn't make it. It's completely silent. You know, we see how everyone reacts. Jay leaves the room. Kevin leaves the room. Burgess cries. Ruzik consoles her. And when it comes back from commercial, you see Jay come back in. And there is just a super, super tiny moment where you just see Jay squeeze Haley's shoulder. And this, to me, I mean, if you think about this, 
Haley's Haley probably was not as close to Al as everyone else was, right? She's only known him for about a year, maybe, if that. Yeah. Give so or take, yeah. I imagine that, like, she was probably hanging back to give everyone else their space. And that little shoulder squeeze was part of, it was kind of almost Jay saying, like, hey, you're part of this family, too. Like, it's okay if you're hurting, too. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. 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 So that was, it's, a, I don't know. I like that moment. It's tiny, but it also shows, like, again, got your back. Yeah. So. For sure. Yeah. Yep. So. Go ahead. So now we're into season six, y'all, and <sighs> 602, man. It's like, even just, it's really just the last, like, five minutes of 602 that are just, like, a ringer for your emotions. Oh, no, that whole crossover was a ringer for my emotions. I mean, but, like, when it comes to up, when it comes to Upstead, let's be real. Like, when it comes to Upstead, it's really, like, the last, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um. So, basically, this is the last part of the three-way crossover from that year, which basically is the big high-rise fire that ultimately kills Peppa Halstead. So, in this part of the episode, again, PD ended this crossover. So, this is the very end of the crossover, uh, Jay's going through this whole thing where he's lost his father and he's basically kind of told to stay off the case. But of course, Jay being Jay is like, yeah, no, I can't do that. So ultimately, the whole thing ends up with Jay not doing what he's told and staying off the case and he gets shot for it. So, of course, Haley runs over and is freaking out and calls an ambulance and Jay's fine because, of course, he's Jay. And every time he gets shot on the show, he somehow miraculously survives. Why do you say that? Like, it's a bad thing. I don't, but it's just, like, miraculous. I didn't say that was a bad thing. It's just miraculous. He was wearing a vest. It's not miraculous, but he was also shot through the side. Jay, he kills me. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. So, basically, this whole time, like, he and Haley then have, like, a conversation or whatever, and then she opens up to Adam, of all people, because, again, this is also the start of Upsec, which, like, I literally texted Gina last night, and I was, like, as I was, like, prepping for this episode... And I basically said to her, I was like, yeah, that was not something we needed to be reminded of. Like, they were bad. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah. Anyway, she's, like, opening up to Adam, and she was, like, crying about how, like, she thought Jay was dead. Like, she thought he was dead. And this is really a moment, too, where, like, Haley clearly is the first one to start to realize her feelings and that, like, there is something there between the two of them that is more than just a partnership and more than just a friendship. And I think this is the moment. I think this is the moment where she starts to see like, oh shit, maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know what it is, but there is something more there. Yeah. Yeah. This is her. Oh my God. I think I like you moment. Yeah. Oh my God. I think I like you. Yeah. This is, this is that moment <laughs> for her. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll find that. Oh my God. I think I like you. Oh my God, I think I like you. Uh, yeah, and th- this is definitely when she realizes her feelings because I-, I think the minute the tears start is when she's just like, oh shit, like I'm feeling, this is bad. But also how oblivious is Adam that he takes that as like, you're so upset about your partner almost dying. Let's go get drinks and then fuck. I don't know. Again, heat of the moment. I, the, one of those heat of the moment things, but it wasn't because it lasted way too damn long. Reaction yeah, to just, the stress so of bad. the day? Did, 
Dossie style. Yeah. Just, oh, so bad. Yeah. But then it lasted way too long. Way too long. Way too long. That should have been... Not an upset podcast. It is, no, but literally that should have ended the minute Adam opened his eyes in 603. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it should have been like, that was fun. Okay, bye. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I also want to note in this episode that Jay was so horrible that Haley did this whole thing. And Haley just, she knew he was hurting. She didn't take it personally. She knew he was grieving and she just stuck by him. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think too, like, again, I, I don't know, but like, I have to imagine that like being in, you know, like a partnership like this where you're just literally around each other for 24 hours a day, like sometimes seven days a week, depending on the case and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a feeling that like, you have to be open to the fact that like it's not always going to be pretty and like you have you can't take some of it personally especially in a moment like that like mm-hmm. it's clearly not jay being mad at her it's just jay dealing with his feelings of grief but like so i have to imagine you have to be okay with it but still it takes a lot to not try to take that personally yeah for sure and also like she is and plus the more we learn about Haley, that you know she grew up with an abusive father and everything the more this episode just kind of hurts like i kind of i hurt i feel for Haley in this episode because i mean i don't know the the fact that like we learn later on she had an abusive father it's just that like this is you know basically jay speaking to her the way he is it's just something that she's totally used to and she's totally numb to and that just kind of makes me sad for her yeah me too but yeah, that it's a moment. It's a, again. I think if you could make like a top, if you were to make like top five upset moments up to this point, like it's five eighteen is like an entire episode, and yeah. it's six oh two so far. That freaking crossover. These crossovers are at a point now where they just fry my nerves. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like at the same time too, that one feels like it was forever ago, but it was just season six, and it just yeah, it's crazy. So crazy. So crazy. So the next one is another pretty big upstead scene. This is the um, it's our thing moment. It's our thing. Um, great episode, too, where uh, there's Atwater's undercover at a mosque. And at the end, it's a, it's basically an, um, an ex-soldier who kind of, he takes over the mosque with, with a gun. And Jay convinces Voight to go inside and talk to the guy. And he basically talks to Haley after about, you know, the war was just kind of a part of his life. It's not who he is. He didn't realize that he had any bias. And Haley just kind of is like, you want to get a beer? Like, this is our thing. We, we have a rough case. We talk. We have a drink. Then the next day we're okay and we're able to go do our jobs again. And this, to me, illustrates their love language. Like, their love language is not necessarily physical and, like, the kissing, whatever, like, sexual nature obviously it hasn't gotten to that point yet but this is their love language is having is not even having each other's backs but it's being the other person's other half because you know jay just went through that when jay you know jay just saw an ex-soldier basically be killed right no jay killed him right i don't remember um it's been a long time since I've watched that episode. It's such a good episode, though. Uh, but yeah, and so, you know, Jay just saw this. This is the kind of case that usually makes his head spin. And Haley's there to just kind of calm him down and be like, let's just let's do the thing. Let's talk. Let's balance this out. And this is their love language is picking up the pieces for the other person. And I love that. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. But yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, and to me, like even when they get to that point of getting together, I feel like this version, like this love language of being the person's other half and picking up their pieces and stuff, I feel like that's still going to be more impactful, more meaningful than the physical sense of the relationship. But could just be yeah, me. Yeah, I agree. I think, that's, I think that's honestly the thing that I've realized, again, going through all these moments is that like they've done like, yes, it is agonizing that it's been three seasons so far and we have I mean hopefully we would have gotten there at the end of season seven but at this point we're not so season eight that like it's gonna take us until upset finally gets together but I think I really enjoyed it because you have seen them build something that regardless of the physical connection like the emotional friendship connection is there Mm -hmm. and like it's it's beautiful it's beautiful it's it's a great thing to see yeah yeah they their foundation is rock solid it's gorgeous. What's something I feel like they've never really done on this show? Like, yes, as much as we all love Berzik and we are right there with you guys on the Berzik train, but Berzik is nowhere near like this in terms of, like, the emotional friendship stuff. Like, it's not there. I, I don't think it's fair to compare those two. Berzik- no, what I'm saying, like, in terms of the time they've spent building that up. Uh-huh. I think you can compare. I don't think you can compare the relationships themselves, but I think in terms of the time and effort they've put in to showing us Upstead's relationship and partnership and friendship, I think it's fair to say you can compare and say that they've put more time into Upstead. I mean, clearly, we didn't get any Berzik for, like, three seasons. <sighs> I know. I know. So, yeah. yeah. I just... Uh, Berzik to me are like they're they're instant soulmates. Those two are like an old school kind of love where they realize like right off the right. bat, oh, that's it. Uh, Upstead are right. kind of different. I mean, yeah, I think it's two very different relationships, but I think you can say like we haven't. Let's put it this way: we haven't seen as much of the Berzik stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Yeah, seen as much of it as we have seen the time they've put into the Upstead stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, even with Linstead, as much as I love Linstead. Like, we never got as much of the Linstead stuff as we've gotten with Upstead either. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So. I agree. Yeah. Anyway. So, the next one is from episode 12 of season 6. And this isn't one that we necessarily picked, but this is one a listener wanted to make sure we talked about. And I think it's, it's like, it is a, it's an interesting one. So, basically, this comes from KG, and she describes it as, like, they were sitting in the bar after a long case, and Adam calls Haley's phone, and she ignores it because she's sitting with Jay. And Jay's like, well, is that Adam? And she was just like, yeah. And KG says it's, like, almost like she didn't want to leave and didn't really want her to leave either. Yeah. Yep. Was this the we're good and we're always going to be good episode? I don't remember. Again, I wish I'd had time to watch, like, all of these episodes. I watched, like, one or two and then watched, like, all the moments instead. There's a lot. There's a lot that's unspoken between them in season six. And this is definitely one of those moments. Because the way he's like, is that Adam? Is like, oh, damn. Yeah, and also too, it just it it comes after the awkward like run in at Haley's house where they're all just, like Haley and Jay are there like talking and debriefing about emotional stuff, and then and then Adam comes over, but like and almost tries to like kiss her in front of Jay, and Haley has to pull. It's like all it comes after that. So I think too, just like the Adam part is like a weird thing when it comes to Jay and Haley, and they don't really talk about it. It's just like, yeah, cause like. 
Haley shouldn't have been with Adam. She should have been with Jay. It's like a whole thing. This is also how oblivious could you be Adam Ruzik part two? Because, <laughs> yeah, like when Jay's already there, he's just like, oh, it's your partner. Don't worry. It's cool. Like you're not picking up on all of this sexual tension in the room. My God. Well, and the thing is, too, is like, regardless of whether they decided, like Haley and Jay know they're in love with each other or whatever they wanted to label it at this point there is clearly something there like again whether they recognize it or want to label it it's something there and for the adam's not dumb and so for him to not realize that it's just oh really adam's not dumb but he is dumb in other senses but it's like yeah he's he's dumb when it comes to women you think that's a fair assessment yeah, or uh, naive, maybe not dumb. Um, maybe both. He was engaged three times. Maybe that's fair. <sighs> Ruzik's a dumbass, but he's our dumbass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean that—that's a great moment too, because again, there's so much unspoken there, and um. I think this is the same episode as like the we're good we're always gonna be good even though this is like the same to me as when a woman says I'm fine because like she's not really fine when Jay was like we're good and we're always gonna be good the subtext there was like we're good but damn I really wish you weren't with him I know yeah pretty much so yeah so the next one up is like the the holy grail of upstead moments yeah um Let's just start this with our next voice memo. This is from Samantha. So let's just let this go. There are so many good Upstead moments that it's hard to really single them out and choose a favorite. But there are two moments that really come to mind when I think of Upstead. When Haley tells Jay that she's trusted him since the day she's met him. And if she was going to follow someone blind, it would be him. And then the episode when they were worried that intelligence was going to be broken up because of Kelton and Jay tells Haley that he's going where she goes. I just think that those two moments in particular really speak to the unique bond and partnership that those two have formed and how much those two really trust each other. Yeah, Samantha's spot on here. Spot on. This moment is like art. It's just so... Perfect. I, yeah, I, I, I'm like struggling to form words right now of like how perfect this moment is. I think the thing that keeps coming back to my mind too, it's like, this is the kind of quote I feel like you would hear people say after like multiple, multiple, multiple years of friendship, you know, like, like you just don't hear this from someone who's known each other. I mean, at this point, probably for like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. like you don't really hear that from that kind of people. And I get obviously like being partners in, you know, when your life's on the line every day, it's a very different kind of relationship. But still, like, you just don't hear that coming out of any, just anyone's mouth. It's, it's so good. It's oh my so God. Good. Is this, is this their, like, pick me, choose me, love me moment? Is this like that for them? I mean, at this moment, yes. I think it's hard to say, will it always be? Because we don't know what's coming. Um, but yeah, I think so. This is part of the two-part crossover with Chicago Fire with Cruz when he goes undercover and um, the firefighter named Suggs. Um, 
And so Rachel sent us a DM and said, even earlier in this episode, when they stand in the hallway with Antonio, taking a break from questioning Aiden, when Haley backs him to Antonio, his reactions are just so genuinely surprised. And Rachel said that she loves that he realizes her level of trust in him in this episode. And I think that's it, too. When she says, I'd follow you blind, his face is just like, wow, I didn't realize that she has that much faith in me. Yeah, I think the thing that, again, another thing that I love about Upset is, like, they're constantly surprising each other with, like, how much they actually care about each other. And like, it, it's like yeah. somebody will say something and then they're like, oh, I didn't realize that. And then another person will say something like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, I just love that. And, like, for the, I can't wait for when they somebody finally says, I love you, or, like, I can't, whatever it ends up being, it may not be a love you right away, but you know what I mean? I'm like, I can't wait for that moment to actually happen and, like, to see whoever doesn't say it's face. Yeah. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. I hope they have a moment, like, seasons from now where they're like, remember before we were together and we were just, like, so afraid to tell each other how we felt? Like, haha, that's so funny. We're so silly. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So funny. But, yeah, I mean, that, that scene is just, it's perfect. And I love when... Jay finally finds Aiden and he's trying to talk to him and Haley comes up behind Aiden with the gun and Jay just shakes his head and Haley's just like, done. Cool. Got it. Yeah. That's them. Again, they can read each other. Yeah. They just read each other like that. It's yeah. 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 It's impressive. It's beautiful. It's just chef's kiss. Mwah. 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 (sighs) I mean, I feel like we should like camp out on this moment more. This is like the upset scene. I will say, I, one of the things that I loved is one, I think it was after we came back from Chicago the last time, mm-hmm. and you posted a picture of us with this caption. Yeah, And, like, it meant so much, because I just, I loved it so much. Like, it was just, it's one of the things that, honestly, I think about when I think about this quote, is, like, the fact that you posted that picture of us with that. It's, oh. I'd follow you blind, Bryna. No, me too. I'd follow you blind, Gina. Yay. <sighs> Take us through the next one, please. Yeah, so then we move into the season finale of season six, which is also a huge upset. I mean, it's not a huge upset episode, but it's got some pretty big upset moments. Um, And the first one we're going to talk about is the shooting in the surveillance van. And we have another voice memo. This one comes to us from Allison Hey, Gina and Bryna, my favorite Upstead moment um, happened in season six, episode 22, otherwise known as the season finale. Um, In the episode, they were after a gangbanger that had a connection to Kelton, and they were at a stakeout trying to get an ID on the suspect when a round of shots was fired at a surveillance van that Haley and Jay were in. Um, Jay immediately threw himself over Haley to protect her from the shots. Um, while this moment lasts for only a couple of seconds, it speaks volumes uh, to the feelings that Jay has for his partner. This was also one of the first moments that I really saw the chemistry between them and was really excited to see where it would go in the season to come. Yeah, th- I mean, th- there's a lot of upset in this episode that is just... It's a lot of Upstead. But yeah, this moment in particular, when I'm really in my Upstead feels and I just need some good, like, quick Upstead angst, I will definitely look at these gifts from this scene. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's, it's, oh, it's such a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I just, I, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else. I'm just like, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just about to say, I agree with literally everything Allison just said. But yeah, she said yeah. it perfectly. That's so a great perfect. moment. Yeah. So the next one we have is also from 622. And this is that scene in the break room. That scene. You know the scene I'm talking about. Um, uh-huh. And for this one, we also have a voice memo. This one is from Luna. Okay, so there are a couple moments that are some of my favorites. One is when, I think it's when, like, Kelton, like, threatens to disband intelligence or something, and they have to go their separate ways. And so basically, Haley and Jay have this conversation of, you know, like, what will happen to us, blah, 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 blah. And basically, Jay, you know, kind of says in so many words, you know, like, oh, well, we'll still have, you know, like, you know, like, nothing's going to change, da, 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 da. And Haley's just like, well, we've only, we've only known each other for so long. Like, and she says, like, you'll forget about me just fine. And like, she kind of looks like she's about to cry. And like, the look on Jay's face is so, like, it's so priceless. Like, oh my god, he 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 can't even put it into words. And then then I think he manages to say like, it'll be all right or something. But like, it's, it's it's amazing. But yeah, uh, it's pretty obvious they are both in like-like with each other, and can they please make out already? Oh my god. Um, so yeah, that is that is my piece. They are in like-like with each other. Well, and also, like, that is the- this is the moment where each girl just, like, make out already. Just- Put your faces closer together and make the fuck out already. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This is this scene is like you've got Jay and Haley standing in front of you, but also like the feelings are like right there. Like both of their feelings are just like right there. And they're both just kind of like, do we say something? No, don't make it awkward. What do we do? Oh, my God. Like both of them, their feelings are quite, quite clear. But they neither one says anything. This is a true masterclass in sexual tension. A true masterclass in sexual tension. But actually, though. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but also amazing. Honestly, this may be, like, there's really not even much to this scene, like, dialogue-wise or anything. But this is an iconic, iconic, iconic Upstead moment. It's just amazing. Yeah, and we got an email from Lou, and Lou said, they always look like they're so close to saying what's needed. And then in parentheses, she said, 622 screamed it, the scene in the break room. He literally looked so close to saying he loved her. That thing you read in, or that thing you read in books that says the words died on his, her, their lips, that was Jay in that moment. Oh, 100%. Yeah, like... You both know it. Just say it. Just say it. And I think yeah. that's what made it so frustrating is by this point, like, we we both had realized that, like, they were clearly, like, going there and, like, had some great moments or whatever. And so then you just want them to say it, and they don't. And then we literally have to deal with 20 more episodes after this of them not saying it to each other. It's so damn frustrating. Yeah. It's like, it's like Haley's always giving him these little signs and like he's picking up on them, but he doesn't take them. Oh my God. It's so frustrating. I know. I know. I know. So, God, Upstead, man. So we move on into season seven and the first part of season seven, the first maybe like, what? I guess the first half, really. uh, We don't see a lot of Upstead because Rojas has just come in. Upton and Rojas are paired together. We're kind of grasping at straws. There's really not a lot of Upstead going on. 
until this storyline starts in what 705 the marcus west stuff um yeah i think it's yeah it's five no six 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 it's five it's six i'm looking it up right now it's six and and this this just especially given what's going on in the world right now the marcus west story just bothers me so 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 much oh yeah so it all culminates in 709 because jay has been taking care of marcus's widow and their son and you know Haley knows Haley's called him out on it but lo and behold jay gets kidnapped and just this is another episode that just gave me horrible anxiety like just horrible anxiety Nope, not fun. This was the night as well. Brent had a basketball game this night, so I was left to all three midseason finales by myself. And when I tell you that this was not a fun night, this was not a fun night. It was very stressful. I forgot about that. It was very, very stressful. And then I spent the next like three weeks randomly texting Brian and being like, but Jay's going to live, right? Like he has to. It was awful. It was it was not. It yeah, was... bless the fact that we got a screener for the midseason premiere. It was, it, was, it was very stressful was and very trying on my nerves and you weren't there and it was really hard <laughs> so <laughs> just let it all out tina just okay i will oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so so in 709 jay gets kidnapped and obviously everything is surrounding finding him and like oh the fact that he got kidnapped again can we just stop that please like that i'm i'm not over it i'm not over it just can we bubble wrap jay and just put him like somewhere safe protect him at all costs yeah just protect him at all costs like can we have an episode where Haley just like takes him to like build a bear or something and they have a nice quiet like happy episode and like nothing can go wrong i would love to see you present that idea to rick eyed love to see you present that idea <laughs> um somebody does need to write that one shot though and i guess it needs to be me doesn't it I feel like it has to be you because you're the only one who used to work at Builder Bear and can accurately <laughs> describe what it's like. <laughs> oh, but it's so true. Oh, God. It has to be you. I know. And why did my brain say Builder Bear immediately? Because of course it did. I don't know. You could have said anything else, but you said fucking Builder Bear. It's because that place is in my DNA, okay? I worked there 20 years ago and that place is still like ingrained in me. I'm not proud of it. How long did you work there? Four years? Five years. Oh, Lord. Um, oh, Lord. 14 to 19. And yes, yes, you were allowed to work at 14 years old. Yep. Yeah, so I feel like it has to be you. Damn it. I have to think of other ways around this because, like, there's no plot if Jay goes to Build-A-Bear. It's no, literally... We will discuss this offline. There is a plot there. It's you literally just there Jay standing there. there being like, Haley, what are we doing here? No, there is a plot. There is a plot there. I will tell you after we get off the call because I don't want (laughs) copyright on my ideas, but we will talk about this. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Okay. We we have veered off course. Okay. So only because 709 was stressful. Okay. But there's the scene in the break room when Haley cries to Adam because she's just like, we've got to do something. And like, finally, Adam grew up a little bit and finally realized like, okay, the two of us just love who we love and it's not each other. That's okay. But she was still comfortable talking to him about it and just said, like, we have to find him. And Adam was like, yeah, we will. We will. So there's that scene. And the moment when Atwater gives her a boost to crawl through the window into the building because, hello, she literally follows him blind. 
Yeah, she had no idea what the fuck she was getting into. She took the song. But she was like, Jay's in there and I have to go. Yeah, yeah. Or not the song. She takes that scene and like makes good on it. And she literally follows him blind. Like if that doesn't just like kill you in your feelings, I don't know what else would. I don't know what else would. I know. This episode is also the one that just like, like Tamara and Christine are friends at the shipping room. They did an episode a while back talking about song lyrics and how it relates to certain ships. Um, and I submitted mine for Upstead because I feel like the, that song Graveyard by Halsey, like that is the Upstead song for me. That describes them to a T. And this episode especially. Yeah. I just have I know, a lot of feelings. It, she literally followed him blind. She literally followed him blind. Like just take a second and like maybe cry about that if you need to. But she literally followed him blind. Just... Yeah. Yeah. And then that moment when she sees him and she's just like, Jay, are you okay? And like, you can tell how relieved she is. And like, he's relieved too, but also like, you know, he's got to go check on Angela. And then Angela freaking shoots him. Fucking Angela, man. Uh, Fucking Angela. Angela. I just, it's, it's a very stressful two episodes here. Just very stressful. Very stressful. So then we go into 710. Trying to take it away. Yeah. Oh, 710. My God, my feelings. Mm -hmm. Okay. So basically, 710 is the culmination of, it's a mid-season premiere. So basically, we see that, you know, Jay's okay. He's been shot, but he's going to be okay. He survives in the hospital, whatever. And Haley and, and of course, Haley's worried stick and she's in the waiting room. And she and Rojas basically have this moment where Rojas says something like, you know, basically, like, why haven't you said anything to him? And she's like, what are you talking about? And Rojas is like, well, duh, it's obvious that you two love each other. And Haley's like, well, yeah, of course I love him. He's my partner. And Rojas is like, gives her this look like, really? That's what you're going to tell me in this moment? That's what you got to say? Girl, please, I know you're lying. Yeah, that, Um, that, that, you know, it's hard because you love him. That was like, it's hard because you love him. And then she tried to be all cool and be like, well, of course I love him. He's my partner. No, not like that. Not like that. We know what you were doing, Rojas. We know. Yeah, Rojas. And like, and again, we talked about this when we recorded that episode, but like, of course, Rojas has been here for like a hot minute and she can already see it. That's why we call her their daughter. Right. (laughs) There's like reason that that is why the internet fandom calls her their daughter um but even too like so the scene goes further a little bit and like it looks like for a second Haley's gonna tell jay that she loves him because obviously that's got Haley's wheels turning clearly and she goes in and like helps him put his jacket on and you know etc cetera, etc cetera, and they're talking and then all of a sudden she's literally about to like spit out the words and then jay's phone rings <clears throat> and we're just like really really jay you had to answer your fucking phone in this moment yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's so frustrating. But this is too like again, feeling our viewer, our listeners feel the same way. So uh, at PIC Dawson underscore said, I'm still mad about Jay's phone ringing when Haley was about to tell him she was in love with him. Same, same, same. Seconded and thirded. Like you don't about you don't answer your phone when a woman's about to tell you she's in love with you. Like, and like why? he he had to know that she was about to say it too. If he doesn't, he's even stupider than I thought he was. He's even stupider than Adam. Right. But that says a lot. I say that in an endearing tone, okay? We all know I love Adam. Like, I don't hate him. I yes. love him. But we all, yeah. But yeah. <sighs> but, you know, 710 is iconic. Okay. So say that he knew, say that he was ready for what was coming. Like, he knew Haley was going to say it. 
maybe part of him wasn't ready to hear it? Maybe. I, I, I think that's very, I think that's valid. I, like, again, I will be very curious to see in season eight, like, when they do finally start to open up and talk about, like, yeah, I think I love you. I think I love you. Like, whatever that conversation looks like. Like, I'll be curious to see how it goes and, like, how they handle it and what they say and how they say it. And I think we'll be having to do a very detailed analysis of that scene when it comes. Yeah, and we'll address that in a minute because we, we did get a lot of questions from you guys as well. And so we've saved those for the end. And we'll, we'll definitely, yeah. definitely address that. But, yeah, no, I'm still mad about it, too. I'm also mad that we went the next 10 episodes without saying boo about it. Like, it never happened. I know. It's stupid. I And, again, I think we were going to get there. But, like freaking pandemic freaking pandemic i know and then i remember if i remember correctly marina said in an interview that 721 was supposed to have a big upstead moment yeah we even though for- Haley was still over on fbi she was still in new york but we'll, yeah we'll forever wonder what the hell it is i don't know yeah 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 so blah so moving on again, you know, Jay comes back. Everything's fine. He and Upset are good. There's also the episode when we open up on like Jay's doctor appointment or something. And Haley's like, yeah, I asked for it to put us back together. Like we're good together. Yeah, we know. We know. Um, yeah. That was good. Um, moving into 716. This is a this needs. <coughs> sorry. Um, moving into 716. This is a smaller Upstead moment. This one is not a big deal to me, but it's a big deal to a lot of people. And I see why. I mean, it's freaking adorable. And so for that, we've got part two of Samantha's voice memo. And I also want to mention the scene in season seven, episode 16, when Jay gives Haley the flowers. Because he could have said anything to keep his cover when he was asked who he was getting flowers for. He could have said his mom, his sister, his friend, his partner, his whatever. But the fact that he said his girlfriend and then gave the flowers to Haley, my Upstead heart, that scene was just so incredible. And if that didn't make you ship Upstead, I don't know what will. And don't get me wrong, I loved Linstead. Linstead was really, really good. But I also really, really love Upstead. So what did you think of this moment? I liked it. Like, I think it is like, you know, like you take a second back and you're like, oh, he said girlfriend. Oh, he brought, he actually gave Haley the flowers. He didn't just like throw them in a trash can. Like, that's cute. But yeah, like, is this, do I think this goes down as like a top five Upstead scene of all time? No, but I do like this. It is cute. Yeah, it's cute. I feel like the two are coincidental that he just happened to say girlfriend and then he gave the flowers to Haley. Because, like, why would you waste pretty red roses? And plus, I mean, Jay feels Jay feels bad for this woman. She feels really he feels really, like, obligated to do something, too. So he's not just going to, like, trash the flowers. To me, both of those are coincidental. But, yeah, it's cute. It's super cute. Yeah. So, yeah, I again, I I understand why, though, the rest of the Upstead fandom loves the scene as much as they do, though. Mm hmm. So, yeah. But then we get to kind of the last, I mean, the last upset moment we've had so far, which is in the, what ended up being the season finale of season seven. Um, and we get this, like, pizza talk scene. And, you know, I miss you scene. Um, so, and we have Annie, the second part of Annie's voicemail. Probably my all-time favorite scene would be, you know, season seven, episode 20, titled Silence of the Night. Now, we all know what scene I'm talking about. You know, the... 
I miss the wind. And, oh, so you miss me, do ya? Like, fuck me dead sideways. That is just, oh, it is adorable. I love it. I love them. And especially, like, how Jay's, like, you know, it's what you are coming back. Like, he's just worried that he's going to lose his partner. And she's like, you know, she's going to be back. And all that. She's not leaving him permanently like Erin did. But, like, oh, they are so cute. So adorable. They need to fucking get together by the end of season eight. Like, I swear to God, if they are not by the, you know, together by the end of season eight, I will fly, like, 20 hours to go to Chicago and slap, you know, the writer's room. I will slap everyone in the writer's room if Jay and Haley aren't together by the end of season eight. Okay, so fuck me dead sideways <laughs> is, like, my new favorite expression. I know, I just want to say it all the time. So fuck me dead sideways. Uh, it's amazing. So good. I love it. I, I yeah, just I love that. I love Annie. That's I love fantastic. Almost as much as I love the scene, which is a lot. So yeah, yeah. And this is just so quick and cute. Of like, you know, I miss the wind and you. Like she just sneaked that one in. It was perfect. I literally went and rewatched this like ten million times. Like I didn't think. Like I love this scene. I love. It brings just such a smile to my face. Like I love it. I love it, and it makes me mad that we didn't get the rest of the season seven to see how it played out. I know. I love. It. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Do you think I, I, it's it's headcanon time a little bit? So, do you think when Haley told Jay about like, hey, Voight sending me to New York? Do you think Jay said anything to Hank? Um, maybe. And like a what are you doing scene and then Jay or Hank was probably just like, if you want to stay in my unit, you will act like this never happened. Probably something along those lines. Man, I wonder, like, I just I can imagine that happening. But I can also imagine like the phone call after as like Haley's leaving Hank's office and she calls Jay and Jay's just like, this is bullshit. Like, oh, my God. I can see that too. Bullshit. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He can't do this. And then Haley's like, nobody can. He just did. Yeah. I could see all of that. Yeah. Also, if someone's not written that fan fiction, like filling in the white pages, please do. And like send it to us because I need that in my life. Oh, which reminds me, in Luna's voice memo, um, she said that she's been reading Upstead fanfic. Share with the class, ma'am. Share with the class. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. And I, I mean... The the last part of season seven, I feel like I feel like we definitely got gypped of what could have been like a nice rounded out like arc of her in New York, him missing her, them, you know, maybe whatever. taking the next step. Yeah, whatever. But I mean, I will forever want to see Haley in New York more than just the one episode we got. I want to see her like she and Jay reunite. We're never going to get to see that. I mean, yeah, I don't think we will. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah. 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 So um, we probably missed some Upstead scenes. I'm sure we did. There's a lot. But, um, you know, we did our best here. But there's just, I mean, their arc is so perfect. Like, it's just, it's really good. Really, really good. So I know, I know my moment when I think Haley is, like, Haley realizes her feelings for Jay. Do you, do you, when do you think Jay realizes his feelings for Haley? Uh, Sometime towards the end of season six. Okay. Like somewhere after between I'd follow you blind and like the scene in the break room. Like, or maybe bet- one of those scenes, like somewhere in that thing. I think he knows it all of season seven though. 
Yeah, I think so too. I think Haley's moment is 602 when she's like, I thought he was dead. Yeah. I think that's her moment. I think his moment is I'd follow you blind. Yeah, I think somewhere maybe follow you blind or a little bit after. But yeah, somewhere in that frame for sure. Yeah. Beautiful. Just perfect. So um, we did have a lot of other questions and comments, et cetera, and things from you guys were really active and like, that's exactly what we wanted. So thank you. Thank you guys for participating and helping us with this episode because it's a lot more fun that way. We got a voice memo all the way from Germany. Um, this one comes to us from Carla. So let's give this one a listen. Hello, my name is Carla. I'm from Germany and um, Upstead is just like anytime I just think about it, I'm freaking out because this couple is everything to me. Like, I love everything about them, the way that they follow each other anywhere, and they're always there for each other, they know each other so well, and they just love each other with their whole hearts, and I can't, I just need them to be together next season. I, I'm so excited, I can't wait for it. My favorite scene, I can't pick one scene. I have like a bunch of scenes, um, but you know, I love this phone phone talk. You know, uh, in the season seven finale, I was you know I was screaming after that. It was ah, it was everything. I don't know. Well, um, thank you. Um, I love your podcast, by the way. It's the best. Uh, bye, Carla. Thank you. You're the best. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I feel like Carla's voice memo kind of leads us into a lot of the questions that we got, one of which being, you know, how how do we think that they're going to get together? You know, it's it's we got a couple of questions that were kind of like all encompassing. So who do we think is going to make the first move? What do we think that that's going to look like? And, you know, how, yeah, everything. So basically, you know, how, how do we think that their first like moment of, hey, I love you is going to go? I don't know. (laughs) I've thought about it. I really have. I've thought about it a lot. And I don't know. Like, it's so hard to to say. Because I like to think that had it happened, you know, we got in season seven the way they originally intended to end it. I think we would have gotten some kind of something after she came back from New York. Mm -hmm. Like, what that looks like, I don't know. But I think it would have happened kind of pretty soon after she came back from New York. But I don't know what's going to happen in season eight. And, like, are we getting it in the first, like, two or three episodes of season eight? Or are we getting it in the mid-season finale? Are we getting it in the season eight finale? Like, I don't know. Are we even going to have a mid-season finale? Is it going to be a shortened season or a full Probably season? Probably not. Yeah. Right? Like, are we getting 13 episodes? Or are we getting 22 episodes? I don't – I think so many – so much of what that scene looks like falls on getting the answers to those questions. Yeah. Yeah, I I think Haley makes the first move. Yeah, I do too. I yeah. I do I do agree with that. I mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think Haley makes the first move. Um, at Upstead PD twenty first said, I really hope they show the reunion between them when Haley gets back to Chicago and Jay picks her up from the airport, and after a case, they go get Bartoli's. Um, I hope for Jay's sake they fly into O'Hare, not Midway. <laughs> Yeah, as I sip my wine. <laughs> I wonder if Jay always flies out of O'Hare now. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's funny. 
That's funny. Um, Upstead PD 21st also said, what episode did you all start liking them as more than partners? I think 602 was it for me. Yeah. I looking back, I want to say it was 518, but I have to believe in the moment it was not 518. <laughs> I want to <laughs> say it was sometime in season six. But I'd have to go back and like honestly listen to the podcast to figure out what specific moment. Yeah. So um, KG asked, do you think they'll have to keep it a secret to keep being partners? And if they do keep it a secret, who do you think will be the first to figure out they're more than friends? Um, the second part of that question, I'm fairly confident in saying Rojas. Yeah. If not Rojas, then Burgess. It's definitely one of the girls for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. But I could also see it being Kevin and being like, you guys are acting weird. Oh my God, you're screwing or something like that. <laughs> it could be. But also remember Rojas is Haley's roommate. So yeah. I feel like she has to know first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, KG also said, do you think Jay will bring up the iconic hospital scene where Haley almost says she loves him? I don't know. Guys don't really have good memories like that. I was going to say, I feel like to him, he probably didn't really even think about it. Like, he doesn't really think register to him. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe she would mention it be like, I almost told you I loved you in the hospital. And he'd be like, wait, what? Like, yeah. I can imagine that kind of scene. But yeah, I don't think he brings it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So another question from KG. In the Instagram Live on Wolf Entertainment's Instagram with Marina and our friend Emily Loncaretta, Marina said something was supposed to happen with Haley and Jay in 721, but it got cut due to COVID. What do you think that was? I mean, I like to think it probably has hurt something to do with, like, her coming back from New York. But I don't yeah. know what. It had to have been a Skype conversation, whatever it was. Right. Or, like at the end of the episode, she says, like, hey, I'm coming back, or, you know, like, it had to have been something along the lines of, like, her coming back. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Um, do you think Rick Eyed will do them, like, Stellaride's relationship? Put them together, break them up, and then have them get back together? I hope not. I hope not, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. And unless, I think unless they truly decide to go, like, a we're kind of going to play this cool for a while and, like, not really be together, but, like, we like each other and we know we like each other kind of thing, then, like, maybe not. But, like, even then, depends. Like, they're going to break up at some point before they get back together for real. Like, every television show does it. That is quite literally what every single ship in the One Chicago universe has done, except for Maggie and Ben and Plouch. That's literally, quite literally what any ship ever has done. Yeah, yeah. Where they're on, they're off, then they're back on again. Unless you're April and Ethan, in which case you're on, off, on, off, 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 on, on, kind of off. It's like off, 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 on, 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 on. 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 We're engaged (laughs) and I kiss Crockett. Never mind. We're done. Uh, Yeah. So (laughs) I hope not, but yes. Yeah, I'll go with that. So Gabby says, I love how well the relationship's been built from partners to friends to a very deep understanding. Jay has grown so much in the last few years and Haley always has his back and the subtle flirting is too sweet. Yes to all of that. Yeah, I was going to say, I also really love the subtle flirting. Like, it's really nice that it's not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope they would keep that playfulness when they get together but they they really can't when they get together because when they get together that's when they're going to be like oh like we both have feelings we recognize that we both have feelings let's do something the subtle flirting now is like you know subtext Ooh, i caught that Uh, 
I say anything. But I'll be curious to see what a legit one Chicago relationship looks like under Rick Eyed because we haven't seen it, right? So it's easy to say that, like, it could be somewhat sexy a la Lindstedt or even Berzik in the beginning, but, like, we don't know what a one Chicago relationship looks like under Rick Eyed. So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Like, it how sexy true. will it actually be? I don't know. Like, I don't, like, and I'm not saying this as, like, a way to compare the two, but I truly believe I don't think it would be as sexy as Linstead. Like, I just think the show has changed too much for it to be as sexy as Linstead. Well, but also, Upstead's not Linstead, right? Like, Upton is completely different from Haley. Or Haley. But so, like, how much, but, like, how much do we see of, like, if they decide, like, oh, yeah, they're gonna make out, like, do we just see them make out, or are we gonna see them make out until like, ended up in bed together. Like, we've only kind of really seen Upsec, and that was, like, a shit show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. We, I, I'll be curious to see what even just, like, a relationship written in the Rick-Eyed era of when of Chicago PD looks like. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. So, um, the last two messages we got are, they're interesting, right? I think these both make really good points. So, Abby Elizabeth said, as much as I would love them to get together, I've liked watching a positive male-female friendship on TV, showing that two people don't have to date to understand each other. This is such a good point. Yeah, for sure. I think I mean, this really high... Go ahead. Well, I, just, I, I feel like healthy male-female relationships, like, strictly platonic, they're such a rarity on television. I can name, like, two other ships that I've seen do that. I mean, you've got Lucas and Haley on One Tree Hill. You've got Meredith and Alex on Grey's. But it, it's such a rarity to see a strictly platonic male-female friendship. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's kind of, you know, it goes back to like how we felt about upset in the very beginning, right? Like, that's what we felt like we were like, he, especially just because he came off of dating and wanting to be engaged to his last partner. We're like, why does he have to get involved with a partner? Why can't they just be friends? Like, they seem like they'd be great friends. So why can't they just stay friends? Yeah. But I don't know. Like, I think it's just something about to me personally, and I respect that that's um, Abby's take. Like, I respect that. I think that's a very valid take to me. Yeah. And it took me a long time to come around to the idea that I like them as more than friends, but I do. Mm-hmm. Just like, I, you know, I mean, again, not trying to derail the conversation, but, like, you know, I respect the fact that, like, some people see that as the same way as, like, Brett and Casey. Yeah. And, you know, if that's how they feel, then that's how they feel. I Just because I don't feel that way doesn't mean someone can't interpret it completely different. I think especially because right now it's not canon. Right. Like, and once it becomes canon, it is a whole different ballgame. Like, you can't ignore it. It is literally something that happened on television. But, like, right now, it hasn't happened on television yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can interpret it as whatever you want to. Right, right. So, um, the last message we got is from Emily. And Emily kind of echoed what Abby said. Emily said, I think they make great partners at work, like Benson and Stabler. I just don't see a love connection between them. I think they definitely care for each other. But honestly, I think it would be way too intense for Haley to date her partner. But I could totally get behind them being another Benson and Stabler combo. Once again, 110% valid. This is a great point. I don't really understand the Benson Stabler combo because I don't watch us for you, but I do, I do agree with the point being made that like, again, people can just be partners and just be friends. It doesn't have to be romantic. 
Right. Like I respect, like I do understand that because that was me for the first season and a half that Haley was on the show. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. I respect that. But yeah. Yeah. So, oh man. Uh, any, any other notes, thoughts, feelings, comments, anything about Upstead? I'm just really excited to see where they go in season eight. Yes. Yes. Like, how long does it actually take for us to get, like, I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure however long it takes, we're all going to think it's too long, even if it's, like, the end of 801. At the beginning of 801, we're going to be like, why aren't they making out yet? Yeah, I know. Same. But I also feel like the day that, like, the next season's air is going to be a very, very big day for the Chicago fandom because we've missed them so much. Yeah same so that's about all we've got for tonight man that was fun that was really i I can't wait to do this for another 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 show yeah yeah so as usual you guys know where to find us it's facebook twitter instagram tumblr it's meet us at molly's on everything that's our handle for everything um, email us anytime about anything. Seriously, guys, anything. It does not have to be just one Chicago. It can be other shows. It can be life. It can be what's happening in the world right now. Our inbox is open and we mean that. So meet us at molly's at gmail.com. If you like the show, which we really hope you do, you because you've made it to the end of this like hour and 45 minute episode, however long it is. If you can please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, we would so, so greatly appreciate that. It does help other shy hearts find the show. Um, follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. As Bryna stated before, next week we are going to cover Chicago PD season five, episode 14, entitled Anthem. We're revisiting another episode that we've covered before. Um, feel it's really important right now, so really needs to be addressed. Um, yeah. In the meantime, everybody be safe, you know. Wear your mask, wash your hands, check on your friends, um, just listen, learn, you know, just all that good stuff. Um, Have a good weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye.